In a world where it seems like there is so much going wrong, I want you to see the people who spend their lives doing good. Welcome to the Doing Good Podcast, where we discuss the stories of people who are changing the world in their own way. I'm your host, Carmen Herbert, and I am so excited to have on the podcast today, Eva Kolova-Timothy. She grew up under the shadow of communism in Eastern Europe, yet under the tutelage of her artist father, Eva learned to cherish the pursuit of personal passion and the freedom to view the world for its possibilities, whatever the circumstance. She was one of the first converts in Bulgaria, joining the church soon after the wall fell. Her love of the gospel and of freedom are both major themes in her artwork. Eva is known to possess an abundance of enthusiasm for life. She loves art for its inherent power to focus, refine, and inspire, and speaks regularly on the power of nurturing creativity in our lives. I love that. Eva's work has been exhibited, has been exhibited by and collected at various institutions, including the Smithsonian National Museum of National History, the Museum of Fine Arts Houston, and Oxford University. Eva, thank you so much for coming on Doing Good. I am so excited to meet you. This is fantastic. I am so excited to meet you too. And I was telling you just at the beginning of our podcast how I love to just kind of dive right in because I feel like so much of getting to know someone, they say the most beautiful, incredible things. And there have been so many times that I haven't been recording like at the pre-interview and I'm like, oh, say that one more time. And then it's never as genuine or authentic. It's like, okay, I'm just, you know, saying something again for the podcast. So I'm like, I'm coming into this cold. I've never met you or talked with you before. And I'm so excited (laughs) to talk with you about this. So first of all, I guess let's just go back to the beginning. So tell our listeners a little bit about how old were you when, when you moved to the United States and, and tell us a little bit about what it was like growing up in Bulgaria. Okay, so thank you for this chance to be on your amazing podcast. I love the title of it, Doing Good. I mean, seriously, what a great name. And you're just radiant. You Just looking at you, I could feel that you are doing good. So oh, you are so the light. Thank you. you. Oh, so, you are so sweet. Thank you no, for saying that. It's so, we need so much doing good in the world, don't we? Yes. We just need to be surrounded by, by light and goodness. So thank you so much for having me on. And I I was 18 years old when I moved to the States. I had just turned 18. So I pretty much grew up my whole life. My childhood and everything was in Sofia in Bulgaria. Wow. And what was it? I mean, how different is it? I mean, that's probably an obvious question, but what was it like growing up there? And especially you said that, I mean, you, you witnessed like the wall falling, like that was a huge thing back then. Like, what was it like before and after? Do you remember your parents and the feelings that you had with all that political unrest and, and uncertainty? And what does this mean? And, and, you know, what were kind of the feelings as a young girl witnessing all that unrest? Yes. Yeah. So we, you know, growing up under communism was really difficult for so many different reasons. The whole First Amendment that we have here in America was a taboo there. No freedom of religion, no freedom of speech. Right. You, you can't say anything against the rulers because you'll go get put in jail. And it was very, very difficult to have dreams, to want to aspire to something greater, to have you, you seek to become 
because it almost felt like this swamp where everyone's trying to pull you down. And it was very much so oppressive, a very oppressive regime where there's no freedom of possibility and opportunity. And despite all that, my sweet parents, Lubo and Stefka, I love them so much because since I was a little kid, they were like, you have to believe in the good. You have to find the good, you know, and you have to, you know, I had this dream to come to America. That was my dream since I could pronounce America, you know, and they were like, that's the West. It's good. It's freedom. It's all the wonderful things you want in life. You will find in America. Wow. And that's why I love this country so much, because truly it's it is the land of freedom and possibility. And when you work hard, you can achieve what you're striving for. So I I always have been growing up with this dream of possibility that one day, maybe. And it's interesting because it, it was in the midst of so much darkness and oppression and not knowing what is going to happen, not knowing how things are going to come around, not knowing that the wall will fall, not knowing any of that. You know, I just had to do my little part, which was to study English. So I had these little three by five cards. And anywhere I went, you know, I I would write down words. If I see it, like if I went to an American movie, which was a big deal back then, and some of the lines were like a mile long just to get in to watch Indiana Jones. No way! Wow, I know. <laughs> it was like it's an American movie. We hardly ever got an American movie, which came like a year or two after it was released in America. And literally, I would bring my cards and I would hear because it's subtitled and I, you were, you know, I'm like, this is so cool. And so it's kind of amazing because sometimes we don't know in life, like how things are going to turn out. But if we trust God, he knows the big picture. We just, if we can just do our little part, whatever we can do that it's in our power. In that sense, I have to study English in order to come to America, right? But he can break the wall down. He can find me a sponsor family to bring me to America. He can do all these big things, you know. And of course, he brought missionaries to Bulgaria. I was 15 years old. And I don't know if you want me to go into my conversion. Yes, I absolutely want you to talk about your conversion plan. (laughs) Okay, cool. So like I'm 15 and I still vividly remember my dad would be walking down the street and people don't usually just look at you and say hi there's just no none of that you're just gonna walk down and you know people are just so hard trodden you know very different kind of lifestyle and my dad would always look for a little plant coming out of the asphalt or of the concrete and he would always point to them and says don't you ever give up so this is like my visual reminder to never give up no matter what circumstance you're in how impossible it may look yes there's always hope and sometimes the plant would be blooming, you know, even though it's just good. there's concrete and there's a yeah. little shoot of a plant and it's blooming. So that kind of stuck with me through life is like, don't ever give up. Just keep trusting, keep hoping. And so I've been trying to find God. I went on this crusade, literally Bulgaria after the wall fell in 89, which was dividing. Sometimes I speak to the youth and they're like, what is the wall? Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> yes. They have no idea. They don't even know. So, but it was dividing, right? We know Eastern Europe from Germany, from Western Germany. Yes. Two completely different worlds. And since that failed, you know, Bulgaria was 
flooded with missionaries. They came from America. They came from Australia. I mean, any country, England. Literally, there were Baptists, evangelists, Seventh-day Adventists. I went to church. I went to a different church every day of the week. It felt wow. like it, literally. Because I was like a Christer before. I went to church on Christmas and Easter. That was yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, not, not more than that. Yeah. And I, I love I that. I really trusted. Thank you. I never really trusted the church, the Orthodox church there, because it was always controlled by the government. So sure. to me, those were not like people of God. And so when missionaries came, I literally, I wanted to know who made the sunset. I wanted to know the creator of this beautiful world. And I went Monday, Tuesday, Saturday, Seventh-day Adventist. I went to every possible church I could find, trying to find God. And I've never read the Bible I've never prayed in my life. I never, I mean, I felt like someone must have created the sunset, you know, but I didn't know who and how and what. So I didn't have a knowledge of Heavenly Father at all. Besides that he is there, but what what about him? You know, I want to know more. And let, I want, let me stop you right there really quick. How did you know yeah. that there was a Heavenly Father if if you hadn't gone to church before all the missionaries came and you didn't? What was it that made you just believe, oh, yes, there is a God in heaven. He does exist. Well, it was the beauty, the beauty that I would see. You know, it was like sunset. There's no way that sunset was just put there, you know. And I had seen the iconic image of Jesus before in the Orthodox churches. So I, you know, I had an uh, understanding there's a God in Jesus and the Holy Ghost that Mary, the Virgin Mary and all. I, I knew of it, but I didn't know God. And that and that made sense to you, though, that there is an, a higher power out there like that. That's something that like because yes. I mean, everyone has the light of Christ and there's something that pulls them. But I just I think it's so beautiful that that's the first thing you were talking about was like light and 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 searching and dreaming and all these beautiful things that you knew there was something out there. You just you didn't know what it was, but there was that pull to discover that yes. what made the beauty. I love that so much. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you said it so well. Exactly. And and my dad was an artist, so not by profession, but by hobby. No, he just he would paint all these beautiful things and and he, you know, just was very inspiring to me as a mentor, just like seeing him create. I think creating yeah. was like big he actually painted the beetles in our kitchen wall. We could have gone to jail for doing that. <laughs> no way, really? <laughs> he painted a fab floor. We had a tiny little kitchen and there we had dinner with a fab floor every night. So it was it was like so cool. Just Why? Me, that is amazing. Why would you have gone to jail? Were you not allowed to? What no. was it about painting or changing your home or what was it that was it's, illegal? It's Western. It's the Beatles, oh, you know, this is not the propaganda. This is not what you're supposed to have in your home. You know, it's either Mother Russia or the Bulgarian communist regime. You know, this is who you worship. This is who you talk to. And oh, this so is the picture we should be having. So that, yeah, this was, they were, they were strong. They were amazing because they were filled with so much desire to seek more and to seek better and to keep pushing me to study English, you know, yes. do your part, just do good. But going back to my trying to find God moment, which was to me a life-changing point completely in my life because like everything made sense for the first time ever in my life that, I mean, literally this was like maybe months 
if not almost a year where I'm going and trying to find, I'm hoping from this year. And people would ask me, will you, will you be baptized in our church? I'm like, no, I don't. I, something's missing. I felt like there were good people that did good things. Yes. But there was something missing, you know, for me to commit. Yes. Like, I was just not ready. And I vividly remember one day I saw these missionaries. I was in a sort of a park surroundings. And I didn't know they're missionaries. I saw two men dressed in suit. And this, like, my heart was beating so fast. And I felt this inspiration to say something to them. I'm like, no, my English is so broken. No, I should say anything, you know? <laughs> like a 15-year-old girl. Who are, they're like some businessmen, you know? I'm not talking to them. But then I got closer. And then they had a depiction of Jesus Christ, the Dale Parson depiction, the one with the red robe. Yes. And I've never seen the Savior like depicted in this way, strong and beautiful. And I, all I could say was, is this Jesus in English? And those sweet elders gave me a little card and said, this is where we meet on Sunday, 10 a.m. on top of a soccer stadium. Wow. And, and yeah, <laughs> it was like amazing. And then I, I just went, I went to church and the most important thing that happened to me that day, that, that moment during the sacrament meeting. So I walk into the building. It's on top of a soccer stadium, little space that we rented as our church rented there. The pictures of Jesus are taped up on the wall. I mean, super humble circumstances. Yes. You know, maybe two or three members, like four sets of missionaries <laughs> and me. <laughs> you know, wow. So small. So small. And I just... I mean, I just love to glorify God because it, for me, like the fact that Almighty God care about this forgotten nobody soul in Bulgaria, you know, to send these missionaries that left their beautiful country and their home and their, I mean, it's a huge sacrifice to be a missionary, to come to this unknown land and to, to find me. I was just like, I'm nobody. And there I see God's hand pulling me out and finding me. And the missionaries would say, you can pray to God. You can, and during the sacrament meeting is so sacred. You can just, you know, talk to him. I'm like, God wants to hear from me. I'm nobody. I don't even know. Like, how do you talk to God? I mean, I know you, the preachers do. Yeah, right. Um, preachers that preach on top. They have that line of communication with him. But then I, I don't know, you know, how do I actually do that? And it was so sweet. They were so humble and so, he, they, they just said this truth to me. He loves you and he wants to hear from you. So it was from that sacrament meeting where I knew, I knew that that is where I belong because I felt like from my head to my toes, I felt God's love that he's like, I love you. I was like, wow, you know, someone loves me. A heavenly being cares for me. It was so touching to me that I'll never forget. And it was only a few minutes because it was nobody was there. You know, so very few people were present. Right. But I felt his love and I'm like, I didn't know anything else, but I'm like, this is where I belong. You know, this no. is where I want to be. I felt him so strongly during that sacrament meeting and knowing that I could pray to him to Almighty God and that he would let me know that he loves me. Oh. That is the most incredible story. And you kept saying, you know, like, well, who am I? Like, I'm just, I'm just this nobody. I'm just this girl in Bulgaria. Like, how would you know? <laughs> and yet, isn't it such a beautiful manifestation of his love and that he 
does know you and love you and care about you, that he did send missionaries there for you. And he knew what you would do once you found him and that you have created the most incredible, beautiful art pieces. And he's like, I can use you, Eva. Like, I, you are made for a greater purpose. And even from the beginning, like planting those desires and those dreams in your heart from a young girl and inspiring your dad to teach you to think bigger and learn English and, and do more that he was working for you from the very beginning of your life. And it's, it's, it's the neatest thing for me as someone that grew up in, I, I was born in Canada, but I, I grew up in America, like, and was, my dad was a convert, but I grew up in the church and I never, I never questioned that Heavenly Father knew me and loved me. I never questioned being able to talk to him. So hearing, it's just so wonderful and incredible and important to hear from someone that did not grow up knowing that and finding that and and like literally going from darkness to light. And even like with, with the very literal comparison of, of being in, experiencing communism and 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 not and having that very strict regime and knowing that oh we can't do certain things we're not allowed even to explore other religions or think about anything else and now and then you know literally the walls coming down and being able to experience that and and have that opportunity to be brought physically into the light as well is just mm-hmm. it's so beautiful to hear how much god loves his children and and how he does know everybody from from Utah to Russia to Fiji to Tonga like South America like these little islands to to these you know wintry tundras he knows us and and is there for us all and I want to know if you have ever depicted have you painted something that physically expresses that for you in your life of coming into the light or reaching for the savior. Have you painted something like that? Or like I was imagining your dad talking about the plant coming out through the concrete. Have you painted things like that before? So, you know, it's interesting. I feel like I I worked as a fine art photographer for almost 15 years. Wow. Mostly black and white. That's kind of what my work was centered in. And in the last five years, I had this strong, well, my mission president also told me years ago, you need to create something for God. You need for the church. You have to create something for Jesus. And I was like, yeah, but how? Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah. I don't know how. It sounds great, but how do I do that? So I do photography and painting. So I do, it's kind of a mix of both. Yes. Um, And Light is my motto. Discovering light in life is what I, as an artist, I'm always looking for light. And this actually piece, I, when you ask me, have you done a piece? I think this, I'll show you this. I don't know. It maybe comes backwards here. Oh, let me see. Oh, yeah. No, I, I just said it. I had it here on my table. So I wanted to show you, but this piece was the very first one I ever did of my series of Jesus. And it's called Come to Me. And that, that piece for me was like very, transformational for me personally, because it's very different creating work for the Savior, for God, you know, versus just me right? um, taking black and white photographs, which was different, just a very different body of work, you know, which I still did it with his help, but it wasn't 
exactly for his work. And so this piece was kind of the beginning of it all for me that started everything. This was the very first piece that was like saying, come into my light. Wow. Come, yes, come unto me. Um, So you started. No, that's perfect. So you started with black and white photography. Had you always loved that? Or how did you get into photography? And then how did it how did it transition into this beautiful artistic photography painting work? And do you, so those questions, and then do you feel like now you are focused on doing it for him? Like it, it did, what changed that you felt like, oh, well now my artwork is, is different and I'm, and I'm just doing beautiful art for the savior. So how did it start? And then how did it transition? Okay. And where are you now? great question i know lots of them i'm just excited to tell i'm like i should just do one at a time so yes tell us how it started photography always had a passion for that yes you're so sweet so you know growing up we had no money whatsoever we had i never had a camera you know and it was really different but i i could see even to this day people say what kind of camera do you use and i point to my eyes I'm like that, this camera, there's That's no the camera. better camera than that, you know? Yep. Um, yep. But so I, I didn't have one. I didn't have a camera. I didn't know, um, that that's what I wanted to do. I went to the University of Utah. A wonderful family sponsored me to come to America and they helped me go to college and send me on a mission. I just love them so much. And so they, the first I studied communications, my emphasis was film and photography. So that's the first time I actually went into a dark room. And the first time I actually oh, wow. held a photograph, you know, I was like, wait, you can hold what you can see, you know, wow. like a miracle that actually it works. So it's amazing how the Lord can just open our eyes and we can see things that were in us, but we didn't know that they were in us. Yeah. Because I never took a picture before that in my life. In fact, we always joke because my husband has these books of his genealogy, volumes of pictures of him. And I'm like five of me growing up. My yes. <laughs> wow. And there were always people that gave them to us. It wasn't even their own pictures. But oh, we my goodness. So, you know, and so I, yeah, I just, I just loved, I loved when I first could actually see hold something I see and I feel in my heart and I fell in love with it in the yeah. dark room and developing and it was just incredible. And and then we, soon after we graduated, my husband went to study abroad in England He for his master's degree. And so it was really fun. I That's when I really got into photography. So I went there and I, I took a digital photography class, which was very different than the analog that I'd been trained in. Sure. Right. So that was fun. And then yeah, I just kind of, you know, it's interesting. You just kind of build up one upon the other. And then I, I later on worked on this project. It's called Lost in Learning, The Art of Discovery. Oh. We had a book that came out with it. And it was amazing. It was basically photographing the Renaissance because it's been sculpture, painted, illustrated, but never photographed. And so going back and looking into the lives of these luminaries, how were we inspired in our own modern day Renaissance? It's a secular so cool. body of work, but always... I would always talk about God in that sense that it only is possible through him, of course, you know? Right. So that that was very black and white, um, very different world where I, I felt very strongly. And we had tragedy strike. We had so many 
obstacles of preventing this work to come out, which I, I, you know, opposition, like seriously, I would be crying and praying, how do I do this? Like for years, I would be like, Hilary Thorner, I really want to do this, but I don't know how. And it's his timing. And that's the thing with our gifts and our creativity and our talents. And I feel so much that we must stay faithful to him and trust him and trust his timing. And looking back now, I'm realizing he was right. I had to be there. I had to be, I, I homeschool. My husband and I homeschool our kids. So I had to be with my children. Yeah. And they're always yeah. my number one priority, you know, and actually I would photograph with them. I would, I would study with them. I'd be like, you guys, let's study about Da Vinci or Galileo. So they were never excluded. It was always together and which I'm so grateful for. But I was able to spend more time, all my, you know, they were my number one priority. So looking back, right. I would have been so busy had I commenced this work back then. I wouldn't have probably seen much of them at all. Sure. So right. God yeah. knows, you know, he knows it's his, his timetable. So I'm very grateful to, to see his hand in our lives in such a miraculous way that he can, as long as we trust him, just trust his timing that things are going to work out because he sees the big picture and we're just like, no, I want to tell. You know? Yes, yes. Well, and I love what you said about that you discovered something that you didn't even know about yourself, but that he knew about you. And there's, there's a line in my patriarchal blessing that talks about you have other talents which are latent within you and to basically continue to examine and search within myself so I can know what they are and Heavenly Father can show me how to use them because I always wanted to just be a singer. That's all I did. That's all I wanted to do. And then after I started having kids, my record label dropped me and I didn't do that as much anymore. And I thought, well, what else is there? And that's when I discovered writing. And I've always loved reading so much and I love writing. But on a whim, I just called our local Desert News newspaper one day and I said, do you want me to write an article about... Uh, for American Idol, it was a, another friend that was on the show. And I'm like, I can just give you like weekly updates because I know them. Uh, and they're like, sure. And that turned into a 10-year column. I did a column weekly for them. Wow. For the newspaper. And it was so neat to be able to... Do, and I had no idea that that I, I loved it, but that that was another talent of mine. And I, I, I love that you have such a beautiful representation, Eva, of your life of literal and physical, that you're like in the dark, but discovering something that about you, like the Heavenly Father, like you're developing literally these pictures, but your talent, like you're developing this talent that he's like, you've always had this in you. Let me show you. And then let me show you what I can do through you and how to use your talents to bless other people's lives. And it's true what you said, like when we trust him and give our life and our talents to him, oh man, he can make so much more mm-hmm. of our lives. And and maybe not even in the way that we originally thought, but to bless other people's lives in the way our talents were truly intended to when we trust yes. him. Yes. Wow. Exactly. It's it's amazing just listening to you. I feel like you're like a Broadway singer. I don't know how <laughs> You're so cute. You're just, and again, you said it's not just one gift. I think so often we feel like, oh, I'm only good at this one thing. And it's not, yeah. it doesn't work like that. No. And if that one thing doesn't work out, it's like, well, now my, what else is there? What else is there in my life? Yeah. And so, exactly. So tell us a little bit about your, this, your work now. Like, what, what would you say 
your style is and what is like the purpose and meaning behind your art. It's so like your your beautiful Instagram, it's Eva Kolova Timothy and it's Eva underscore Timothy for those that are wanting to look on Instagram at, at some of your work and see your beautiful pictures. And you're featured, I mean, like you said, you've been in the most the Smithsonian and, and all these incredible places, but you're in, you are in the Come Follow Me manuals as well, right? You have some work that's been featured in the Come Follow Me manuals. So tell us a little bit about what is your style or, or, or what is the transition that you've used from photography to art? How do you do that? I mean, th- these pictures are truly breathtaking. Like, I love all of these so much. Oh, you're so cute. Thank you. They're each only possible with God's help because yeah. as I was learning how to do color, I've never done color before in my life. And I, I still am learning every day. I still have so much more to go and so much more to learn. And I, I am just so humbled that Heavenly Father can take the five loaves of bread and the two fishes and yes. multiply our effort. Right. If we just show up. Yes. You know, if we would just have the will, the desire to show up for him. Yes. And we seek him and his glory. And that that's why I create. I create to glorify God. This is not for fame, popularity or any of those things. I just create because I love him and I want to glorify him. Oh, with every single piece that I do, it's and so often I'd be in my studio like crying because I feel him. I feel him to the point where it's like, no, the light should come from this angle, you know, and and you should do this differently. And and sometimes it's impossible. I'm not very tech person, and it's hard for me to sometimes accomplish these things. And and it's I'm have to rely on him. And I think creativity is so much like staying humble and letting God guide you that he will he will help you allowing him to become part of our lives whatever creative aspects of life life we may have whether we are a writer whether we're a cook homemaker designer whatever there's so many ways to be creative you don't have to just be a singer or an artist yes but what you know because so many times I don't draw but I'm not sing or play piano I'm not a creative person like that's not true you have so many ways to be creative. You're creating something that wasn't there before. Creating yes. And beauty, you know? And so I feel him so very much. And I pray that as I am doing this, that other people will feel him as well. And they look at the art because it's not my art. Right. It's not. It's, it's his. I, Mother Teresa would say, I'm just a little pencil. You know, he knows what to do with a big picture. He's doing it all. I'm just a little pencil trying to you know, be a a tiny, little, tiny part of it. I felt very strongly from the very beginning to not show the Savior's face. So I think in terms of you asking, you know, how does this differ? Yes. It's a very, it was just revelation to me, like, do not. And I was like, oh my goodness, how would I ever do that? You know, Right. This is so hard. And again, you know, again and again, I wanted this to be very, and I felt strongly about this, to be a very intimate, um, meeting with us being one-on-one with the savior i love the pre-raphaelese i love that style of art it's i've always been fascinated by the renaissance and the pre-raphaelese and their beautiful paintings and and just always admiring that art and i just felt so strongly to have us be part of that story and you could see there's not much sometimes detail it's not like this perfectly everything is in the picture detail but i wanted to capture the feeling of what would have felt if you are there with the Savior in that very moment. And I wanted us to be able to 
transform ourselves into that moment of being with him because that's what he wants. He wants to be part of our lives more than anything. And so that's kind of the idea I had behind it. You, But you do it so beautifully. And looking at all these pictures, it's so interesting that you you do. You just feel like you're a part of, of his life. You're witnessing a, a moment of his life. It's not like he's looking at you or you're, yep. which those are beautiful too. The paintings of Jesus Christ where he's smiling or looking into your eyes or posing mm-hmm. for a camera or something. These are more like you're observing a moment in his life, it's like a snapshot of of what it must have been like if you were there or or him in your life. You have some pictures where he's helping a woman carry buckets, you know, but mm-hmm. she looks like us, like in, you know, modern times with her little children playing around her. And like he's there in our moments. And then it's like you observing him and his. And it's so beautiful how you are, you are able to depict him. You know, it's the savior. There's and and you still have that beautiful sense of reverence and worship and love for him without having to say to depict him. And I think that it allows the viewer to be able to interpret him however we see him in our lives mm-hmm. and however he looks for us, that we can keep mm-hmm. that very personal image. Cause I think we yes. all have a very specific image of what he looks like to us in our minds. Mm-hmm. And we can keep that. And yet you can still depict his majesty and glory without. And that's such a unique thing because that would be hard to do. Like, well, how do I do Christ without his face? Like his face, it's, that's everything. But it, but, but it's not, it's his stance, it's, it's his hands, it's the way he's helping people. It's all these beautiful depictions. Like I, I seriously, like scrolling through all these pictures, they're just, they're just beautiful. They're breathtaking. It, it, it's so gorgeous how you're able to do that. And, and I love that you say it's, it's all for him and, and, and it's just glorifying him and that you talk about even being inspired with how the light should be shining or how the angle that he should be walking or what should be in the background, things like that, yes. that is that he cares about the details of your art and the details of our lives. It's so true. Absolutely. And it's interesting because the one you're actually talking that he's carrying the, the yoke, right? With the yes. This is actually a commission that a sweet friend wrote to me and said, could you create something like this? Oh, um, wow. because I, I'm struggling so much. And she was like, and that's actually her as well. And her little daughter. Oh, wow. And so it was like such, and again, this, this is why I tell you, this work is not me at all. Yes. It's really God and everybody else, because she was like, I'm struggling. I'm having a hard time. I need a visual to remind me that he's right there by him, that I'm yoked with him, but that we're in this together. So it was amazing that, you know, that could happen because just because you mentioned that piece, it's not me. Again, it was the sweet young woman, young mother and her darling child that she was struggling and wanted to have a visual to remember Jesus. But yeah, it's just any, I'm such a visual person, any visual reminder of Jesus, right? you know, helps so much. It is so beautiful. I'm going to show for those that can see, this is the picture right here. And it is, it, and it's just such a, it's such a beautiful representation of a motherhood of I have to carry this load. Like I can't set it down. I, and, and I love that you, yeah. you placed her daughter right below her to symbolize for me. When I look at this picture, it, 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 it symbolizes motherhood. Like I have this load and, and it's one I wanted to carry. And it's one yes. that I asked for, but it's still heavy and still yes. hard. And yeah. that he's, he's not only carrying the load 
you can see that his arm is on her elbow. He's he's carrying her as well. Yeah. And that is oh, that detail <laughs> of reaching out like we can do this together instead of I'll just help you carry this. It's I'm carrying you as well is so yeah. beautiful. Oh, I have to send you that. <laughs> oh my goodness. I love that so much. Well, Eva, I feel like I could talk to you for hours, but tell me if people are like, where can I go to see this art? How can I order prints? Do you ever have art shows? Where can people go to support you and see all the incredible things that you're doing and how you are sharing goodness? Oh, you're so sweet. I thank you. I, you know, it's interesting. I love my website. It's evatimothy.com. Okay. So that's, that's really easy. Everything's on there. There's a whole bunch of, you know, you have a wake series, which are, you have the grace you have, and then you have the Lord is my light, which is all Jesus. I have all New Testament. Like if you look under projects, I have New Testament. I also have illuminated manuscripts, which are really fun. Oh, awesome. Because um, I, yeah. So you can find a lot of info on there. So I, some of the things are on Instagram. You can go through there, but I, I've so enjoyed doing firesides. It's been so amazing just being able to share, talk about Jesus, you know, and talk about creativity. That's been such a big passion of mine, being able to share the importance that God wants us to be creative in our lives. And that's yes. so much good. Yes. Know? Going back to the title of your podcast, which I absolutely adore. I love that. Doing good. It's our gifts that that we can use to do good, to bless others, to glorify yes. God, you know? And um, I think it's just incredible how we have that opportunity. If we look at Jesus, he was the creator of the earth. I mean, the very first verse in Genesis, it says that God created the heavens and the earth. Created is the very created. first word, yep. you know? So we, if we want to emulate him, we too are creators and you find such deep joy and relying on God to help you with your creativity. And I, I just think that's so amazing. So I love to firesides and speak on the topic of spiritual creativity and being able to harness it and being able to use our gifts for here. Oh, I, right there so, with you. I could not have said it better. And if people would love for you to speak to their youth groups or relief society or, or ward, can they message you on your Instagram or through your website as well? Yeah. Cool. You speak. Okay. Yeah. My phone number's on the website. My email's on there. Or Perfect. Yeah, as well. So that's, that. I'll be coming to Utah in the fall. So that's going to be so fun. I'm oh, excited. that is so wonderful. Well, I'm yeah. going to have to book you for my, <laughs> seriously, because I, I think I, I could not agree with you more. I think that the, our, uh, the, the greatest longing and and desire of the human heart is to create something and and of course i love there was a quote by oh one of our prophets i don't know if it was president nelson or president monson but he talks about how he god left the lightning in the clouds and he left the canvases blank and he left the world untouched so we could be creators we could do the gardens and find electricity and we could oh. The, the 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 music you know the songs unsung so we could discover the notes and put together songs and he didn't have that for us like he let us create those things even even adam like at the very beginning of the world like you know creating an altar and building that like he decided what that looked like and he 
there are sometimes he's specific about his temples and things he wants in them. And, and, and then other times he's like, go make something beautiful for me. And that is what you are doing for him. And I think there's just, there's no better representation of, of doing good and that you have dedicated doing something so beautiful and wonderful for him, for the benefit of us. So thank you, Eva, for talking with us today and coming on my podcast and for all the good you are doing. 